to the 1208-Bit Nerd Church Podcast, which is a part of the Jackson Cloud Network, jxncloud.com. You can go check it out if you would like to find an online church during a global pandemic. Uh, now, on the Jackson Cloud all week, we've been talking about spooky themes. Spooky. But 1208-Bit Nerd Church started it first because we've been talking about spooky themes for a month. Yeah. So in your face, Jackson Cloud. Nerds. Of which I am a part of. (laughs) So on Jackson Cloud this particular week, we talked about uh, Giants the First Day, which we've done a whole episode on. There be giants and them there hills. Before them, again. (laughs) And then Wednesday we talked about um, demons. And then Friday we talked about Satan. So... We didn't get into hell on the Jackson Cloud. I figured 1208-Bit Nerd Church would cover that. So we're into a topic that no one likes to talk about, including most pastors I know. (laughs) I mean, I don't don't really want to talk about it either, but this is going to be an interesting one. Well, it was a popular topic back in the day. I mean, this was your evangelistic technique of the... (laughs) Well, the only experience I've had with hell is... uh, like when I've been preached on You've it, had experience I've had experience. Of... <laughs> yeah, when I when I experienced hell firsthand last time, I read uh... those books. I didn't know you were one of them. Yeah. No, uh, the first time I had experienced in a church where some they started talking about hell, it was like this like motivational message <laughs> about how like yeah, stick firm to your faith and just keep trying and keep going for the Lord and keep pushing yourself. And that'll keep you out of hell and the fire brimstone and you won't be tortured. And no joke. And I was sitting there and I was like, well, I'm never going to a Baptist church ever again. (laughs) Well, torture is always one of the big themes that tends to come up. I remember there's a story or maybe it's a joke. I think it was a story. (laughs) This pastor was preaching this riveting message on hell and, and he's like, your teeth will uh, what what what's the word melt? No, uh, your teeth will. Oh, the 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 the, the uh, grind gnashing and grinding of teeth oh. is one of the descriptors of hell. And there was an old lady in the service. She's like, I don't have teeth. And he was like, Ma'am, teeth will be provided. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like, however torturous we can. <laughs> Make this be a child. So that tends to be the way that, you know, this this theme is always presented. It's like this massive, terrifying theme. Which, let's be fair, the biblical perspective of hell is, first off, it's massive because it's their lot. And it is terrifying because ain't nobody wants you to go there. And maybe that's a good good way to set the stage, first off. Well, before we get into that really quick... If you're in the Facebook chat, go ahead and drop some comments about your uh, favorite hell-like stories. Hell-like stories. No, when you journeyed into hell, <laughs> write those stories only, guys. Look, man, not everyone has that experience. Oh, like sorry. You, right? Then yeah, we'll go with we'll go you're with mixing that demons. your video games again with your <laughs> Dante's Inferno video game was uh, was one that went to hell. So yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> don't say stuff like that, Jamin. I just turned, I just turned twenty five, Jamin. Don't you're do that old to me. now. Welcome to my world, man. <laughs> yes, happy birthday to Tyler yesterday. We played Among Us for like an hour. It was great. And if you calculate how many hours this week we played it, <laughs> one, two, three, at least four ish. Yeah, okay. a lot, and it was great. 
Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> back to hell, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, setting the stage from a Jesus perspective, Jesus ain't want no one to go to hell. No. God doesn't want no one to go to hell. Uh, that much is clear. Actually, in the fact about how much Jesus talks about hell, trying to warn people out of it. So, on one hand, I do get annoyed by the preaching of today that, that essentially is like, the way that you convert souls is by like scaring them into Jesus. Oh, yeah, you know, like no. it bothers me. At the same time, I would say there's a biblical level of appropriateness because Jesus I wouldn't I don't know that he scared people into him, but he like he warned he very stern warnings <laughs> that he didn't want people to go here. So there is this like level of guys this is real and stay stay away type thing. Yeah, I, I feel like whenever like it wasn't him going like, and if you don't do what I say, then I will watch your soul burn. Yeah, no. He's more like, uh, hey, so um, there's this place that's that's created. It's total separation from God, guys, and uh, God's all loving. God is all good. Think of all the things God is. Now think of life without Him. You see how you don't want to go there. <laughs> you see how you you don't want to do that, guys. Yeah. And uh, that that seems to be more what it is. Like he's he's not focusing on that negative, like in the sense of hey, you're going to die and burn and be tortured. He instead is saying As there is. He takes joy in this yeah, or something. He's right. saying there is eternal life in God. There is this eternal love that comes from God. Attach yourself to that. And please don't go into this terrible place that I don't want you to go. Because it's, it's, it's a choice to go there, right? Mm. It's a choice to, to be, like, a part of that. You, It's not like you're sitting there because Jesus is going to be coming back, you know? Like, hey, I'm Jesus, guys. Everything's real if you're questioning it. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And so he does come in some sense. Like, part of his mission is to make people aware of that and to, yeah. to pull people out of it. So... There's a whole lot of different perspectives that people have today on hell. Some that seem just kind of wishful thinking. Some that think, seem completely anti-scripture. Others that seem uh, to be like overly literal. You know, there's just a lot of different perspectives. So I'm guessing we've grown up with similar um, teachings about what hell is. Oh, yeah? Maybe not. Well, based... Based on your face, that is probably not the case. So based on your face, it's probably not the case. Yo, <laughs> Mac, that air, strange. Explain what was your. So I come from uh, a new apostolic uh, faith because I was, um, I-, I was going to the new apostolic church with my grandparents when I was very young, um, up and through like high school. I never wanted to really go when I was younger. I very much so was like, God isn't real. And I don't like the world. <laughs> and that's why God isn't real. And uh, so when I was learning about, you know, faith from that perspective, because uh, they had classes to, like, teach you about the Bible and everything and go into, like, these deep areas and, and all these weird questions, uh, we started talking about hell at some points. Um, so we they believe that, that when your soul, when you die, your soul stays on the earth 
Yeah, yep, yep, nope, yep, 100%. I'm not joking. Your soul stays on the earth until there is a service of the departed when the priest of the church comes in and presents these souls the opportunity to choose to go to heaven. What? Yep. <laughs> and they that's why they believe there are spirits and ghosts among us is because our souls stay on the earth until we choose to go to heaven. And this this space is kind of like a purgatory. That's how we kind of like have the purgatory working in that church. Yeah, so uh, that's not what I believe, Jamin. The people who just tuned in and only heard that and then left. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe this, um, but that is something that I, the the mindset that I had, that I thought all Christians had when I was younger. Yep, okay, well that's unique. Yeah. So that is the one thing about the new apostolic church that sets them apart from every other church that I've been to and why I kind of, was it just that particular church that was, no, 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 no. It's the whole denomination and, uh, it's a German denomination. Oh, okay. Um, Heilige Geist is the Holy ghost in German. Um, we, a lot of stuff is translated from German in that church. So like the, I started getting into, um, German because, everything like they, they the the what's his name uh the chief apostle in that church is like the highest person in the church he would uh he would like speak in german because he was german so like you had to learn a little bit of german to like so this is like when you church. go to a catholic church and if they do it in latin you gotta yeah interesting they ended up getting translators eventually like later on but like earlier on like the 90s and early 2000s like yeah he would just speak in german and you just sit there and watch it the entire time over a stream well, that's interesting. So that's uh, that was my first experience with hell, Jamin. Were you expecting that? Well, I appreciate that they're trying to figure out ghost stories and their theology. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what scriptures they're pulling from. They didn't get it from any scripture, I don't think. Yeah, well, usually you try to have scriptures in your doctrine, so <laughs> maybe. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I haven't. I'll get those papers for you sometime. <laughs> I don't want to read it though. It's called like Cataclysm class. Well, yeah, but, but it'd like be for it's... the new apostolic. Yeah, for the new apostolic cataclysm. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I grew up with what I think was the more traditional view, <laughs> which was just essentially what most churches taught was just the, um, you know, just uh, you'll either go to be with God in heaven when you die or you'll go to hell and be tortured for all eternity. Like that's, that was basically it. <laughs> yeah. I learned about that through, I thought that was the Jesus day of Latter-day Saints because I saw so many commercials with like oh. the person being dragged down into this pit and like there being like these eternal torture. Have you see those commercials? No, I haven't. It's pretty crazy and messed up and it was on adult swim when I was a kid. So <laughs> they advertised through, through, through adult swim. Yeah. <laughs> We know what shows you're watching, everyone. We got a word for you. Yeah, we got a word and for adult those swim people. Just adult like, swim. all right, money. Yeah, free money, man. Cool. We'll put it on people there. We'll get a good kick out of this. We'll get some free money. Dude, it was terrifying, time. though, because it's like, I'm like, you know, so I, I watched Adult Swim when I definitely should not have been as a child, um, sneaking it like behind my grandparents at their house because they had dish. and like, Which, if you don't know what this is, it's mostly like cartoons. It, raunchy cartoons yeah totally like not something you should be watching i just know when you throw the word adult in you usually think of <laughs> but there's also really great anime and that's what i was there for <laughs> but uh 
it was it was terrifying because it's like you know 3 a.m. because you can only watch it at like really late at night. It's like 3 a.m. I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh man, is Edward Elric gonna be able to pull this off? Because I was Full Metal Alchemist, and uh, and then this this commercial would come on with like this woman sitting in a cell and like complete darkness, and then this pit would open up with fire and drag her in, and then she'd wake up after screaming, and she'd be back there, and I'm like, oh my goodness. How do I get through this? And it just Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints would come up, and I'm like, I gotta go to church. <laughs> They're gonna do this at church. I didn't know what it meant. Well, that that actually, it's Halloween today. Yeah, we're, we're recording this. And Spooky. This. And there's been a w- kind of strange Christian movement throughout the years to put on hell houses. They're like haunted houses, but meant to like show you the horrors of hell. I did not know that. And so, like, these are attempts to, like, use Halloween's scare <laughs> to convince you to follow Jesus. But so, like, Jamin, why isn't 1208 doing a hell house? Uh, because of the kind of stories that come out of things like that. People who commit suicide after or can't, like, it's, it gets well, dark. And now you're, yeah. And so when you hear about these things, you're just like, you know, that's not Jesus fruit out of this. Maybe we shouldn't be doing things like that. You what know, were like, they doing in there to make I people want to do I don't know. I've th- never been to one. I didn't hear about it till I was much older. But apparently things like that exist. I don't know. Weird. So, anyways. <laughs> why why did I get into that? Why did you talk about Hell Houses? Oh, because that's, that's essentially what your commercial was doing. Though, oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Trying to, like terrify you into jesus which is not the good news of the gospel (laughs) so so we need to like draw a firm line there first and understand (laughs) what is good news and it's not that so uh for me though i grew up with this traditional view of just like we go to heaven or we go to hell when we die and heaven's nice place with gold streets and everything's perfect and hell you'll be tortured for all eternity i love that you even did like naturally you said heaven and hell heaven and hell Pointing my fingers in the direction. Yeah, there. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's an ancient worldview, Jamin. Well, sure, but it's it's. Anyways, so <laughs> so that that was what I grew up with, and then I was reading the Unseen Realm by Michael Heiser, book I forced you to read. Uh, uh, yeah, it was great. And it's, it's you should all force yourselves to read. it You as should. Well. Very good. Very good. There's an audio book too, if that's easier for you. Um, but I'm reading this, and he's talking about Sheol. Which is, mm-hmm. we've heard of this word before in the Old Testament, right? Uh, or maybe you've sang the song. Yeah, I should apparently lay my head there. I would lay my head in Sheol. It's John Mark McMillan. I think he's quoting a psalm, though. So he's not just saying weird things. He's quoting weird <laughs> things. Uh, but um, uh, Sheol, as I'm studying Heiser's biblical perspective of it, this is this ancient worldview that Sheol is the realm of the dead. It's the underworld. Like, not that Coco has it right, but like it, that's the idea is people all go to the same place. Doesn't matter if you're good or bad. Sheol kind of looks like the Coco movie is like everybody's going to one spot when they're dead. So that's yeah. the Old Testament perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so even that perspective that's still around today in some cultures, that's not disconnected from from the Bible. But it is Old Testament. Uh, there's some vague passages about resurrection. And resurrection was a hot topic around the time of 
of Jesus' time. And now some of them are taking these resurrection passages to say, one day we're all going to come back to the earth and live again in new bodies. Uh, and then as we watch Jesus talking, we also see him making these statements. There, there's not many, but like when the thief on the cross dies next to him, he's like, today you will be with me in paradise. And so like if you're usually thinking, today we're headed to Sheol, is what would have been on their <laughs> minds, right? When Jesus is like, today you'll be with me in paradise, you're like, wait a minute. Is the old scriptural hope based on a few passages that the faithful might go be with God when they die? Is that true? And in that moment, you see Jesus like... Acknowledging oh, it. Acknowledging yeah. that. To us, that's just like, yeah, we always think that. But for them, this is like newer statements, you know? In Revelation, when the martyrs die, they go to an th- uh, altar in heaven, mm-hmm. right? So like there you see the New Testament continuing to say... We go to be with God when we die. So now we're not just going from everyone goes to Sheol. Now it's starting to evolve to some people are going to go to heaven. Likewise, you see that some people already have. So like when Jesus goes up on the mountain and is transfigured, who meets him there but Elijah and Moses. You know? So you're saying I could be like, oh man, about to die. I'm on my deathbed. I'm, I'm laying back and I'm like, Timmy. Timmy, remember me? What? And Are then, you cocoing this right now? <laughs> no. Oh. I'm, I'm Timmy. Remember me. Oh, yeah. That is in Coco. But, yeah, like, Recula that's such a good movie. Me. That's such a good movie. And I feel like you can... Yeah, it's it's like uh, The Day of the Dead's in October, right? Probs. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm culturally insensitive if I didn't get it right. <laughs> but... You I knew what existed. <laughs> I love uh, Coco, though. It's such a great movie. But I'm like, Timmy, remember me. And then I, I go and I'm like, I'm about to be in heaven, Timmy. And then I, I die. I go, Ugh. and uh, and I wake up so I could I could be like, oh, man, just missed out. I'm in Sheol, not heaven. Dang it. Is that still a thing? Uh, I, I would say yes. Because, because. Because, because, because. So, because of the Sheol doesn't go away in the New Testament. Most people think it does. Yeah. Right? It doesn't, though. It's given a new name, which we do this all the time. When a culture changes, we change the language, mm-hmm. right? So in the New Testament, there is a place called Hades, which we always think of as, well, yeah, hell, Hades, you know, like these are all the same words. I never... No? You no. thought of it as separate? So here's the thing, yep. So the first thing I did is I was uh, I was sitting in uh, the New Apostolic Church again, and uh, I was sitting there and I'm like, hey, the Bible says Hades as if it's a location, and... Uh, the, the, the one of the priests there was like, uh, well, Hades is just another way to say hell. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Look, look, it says, it says hell here. And then specifically make sure to say Hades in this spot. And it's in the same book. Like they wouldn't say hell and Hades separately like that. They wouldn't use it interchangeably, especially people who were like with the Greeks at that time, like to say Hades was to say like this Greek God mm-hmm. named Hades. So like, there must've been something else going on there that they were talking about. And I was just in there like, what is it? And he's like, it's hell. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, that was the same thing I was given. Like, what's Hades? Is that different? It's like, nope, it's just hell. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. There's different words for different things. Fine. But that isn't the biblical perspective. When you see Hades referenced it sounds like Sheol mm-hmm. because it is Sheol. It's that place where if you're not following God, it's the realm of the dead. And that's, yeah. I mean, 
Hades uh, in Greek is what he's he's more of the god of the dead. Yes, not he's not the god of death. He's the god of the dead. So they're taking Greek yep. thinking, yep. which who's more or less the Lord of the Dead in the Bible is Beelzebub yep. or Baalzebub, uh, which is all connected to Satan. So Satan, and we talked about this on Friday on the Jackson Cloud. You can see our episode, What Does the Bible Actually Say About Satan? Satan more or less gains power over humanity when he leads us to sin. Because of our sin, we all die and he is the one who reigns over the dead, so we've essentially given ourselves over to his control because as humans, we all die, right? Because he won that first battle, but God won the war. Yeah, so so uh, Satan then becomes Lord of the Dead, or that's essentially what Baal was, and that's why he partially gets the title Baal. It's kind of the name we give him, Yeah. right? Like, we give him a title of this, like, the Lord of the Dead. Like, we give him this menacing title. We don't have to. That mm. scrub who won a battle and then got wrecked by Jesus in the second half, like, <laughs> that's the title we should give that guy. Yeah. You know, you don't remember the loser in a Super Bowl. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't give up. Don't give, don't give that to him. Lord of the Dead. Man, yeah. I don't I don't call the Falcons, you know, Lord of the, like, the Lord of Losers. I think Hebrews calls it him, calls him that, so you have to take it up with... <laughs> Whoever that author well, yeah, was, we don't know. We're still, we're still them. <laughs> yeah, we're Christians. They, they well, were no, Christians I mean the too. book Hebrews. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm saying they were, yeah. they were, we, they gave him the name though, Jamin. That's what well, I'm saying. Sure, but it was they because he he reigns over the dead more or less. Yeah, and the Bible still, uh, I mean, it shows Jesus yoinking the power away. Right, that's one of my favorite scenes in Revelation. Is like. I've taken the keys of death. And it's like, <laughs> wait, Satan used to have those, you know? like that. And Jesus, you can imagine, like, he dies and he goes to Sheol yep. or Hades, walks up to Satan. Satan's like, I got you. He's like, yoink. You know, just Homer Simpson it. <laughs> and then maybe glow all white and see up. <laughs> just take back off. Um, that is exactly how I imagine when Jesus is sitting there. Jesus, how insulting. Jesus dies. Yoink. <laughs> like comes up in 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 Hades, comes up in Sheol, just like stands up, looks around, and he's like talking to some people for a second, and he's like walks over, and Satan's like, "You have no power here, Gandalf the Gray." <laughs> and then he he goes, Hua! and suddenly he's like, "Oh no, wait a minute, this is still Jesus." <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's. that's... I'm going to ask for the VHS when I get to heaven. Oh, that, for sure. Of that moment. I need to see that on tape, please. Jesus, where's that tape? Can you <laughs> let me see that real quick? Man, we weren't using VHS yet, but... <laughs> how'd you how'd you do that? Can you show us real quick? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? Okay, so Sheol and Hades in the Bible are the same place. Yeah. And that is the realm of the dead. Everybody dies. Everyone ultimately ends up there, except the New Testament gives us this new hope of unless you're following God, then he'll bring you to a different spiritual place known as heaven. Episode four, a new hope. Episode four, a new hope. (laughs) Heaven, the new hope. Um, But then there are some, someone loves... uh, It's one of my grandmas. Hey, grandma. Hi, grandma. (laughs) Grandma's commenting. Again, you can watch this live every Saturday. Around 10 a.m.? Yeah, on a 1208-bit Facebook page. Yeah. Um, 
so some end up in uh, Sheol slash Hades, whereas others will go to heaven. So then what's hell is the next question, right? Because usually we only have these two dimensions, heaven and hell. Whereas now we have two dimensions, which is heaven and Sheol slash Hades. Yeah. So this is what the Bible, the Bible really caught me off on this. Because uh, I, I've heard people try to like explain away hell or talk about it like it's different than the traditional view of just eternal torment and all that. And I never, never took any of that because I'm like, clearly it's real. Like yeah. it, it shows up way too much. You know, Jesus literally talks about hell. A lot, like yeah. surprisingly <laughs> a lot, which when I preached through Matthew last year, I had no idea how much Jesus talked about it until I preached through Matthew. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to have to talk about this like every other week. <laughs> so I'm like, OK, so like but I've always known that it shows up enough that this is real. Um, and I therefore I felt like a lot of people were always giving you two dimensions to hell. Like either you can uh, um, write it off as not real or you can consider it real. But I didn't hear a lot of other ideas as to what hell might be. And I know by this point I've heard more. So I don't know what you've heard too. I mean, C.S. Lewis kind of had, well, I don't remember if it was specifically Lewis. In The Great Divorce, he had this idea of like, People keeping themselves from... Thanks, Grandma. I appreciate it. <laughs> from, like, going to heaven or uh, some talk about hell just as, like, it's the pain of eternal separation and that's all that there's there. Some talk about it as though it's, uh, it is actual, like, torment. There's lots of, like, different little perspectives that change between everyone. Yeah. But then the ultimate ones... The ultimate extremes are, nah, it's not real. It's just like a biblical way of saying something. My, my favorite theory. Yeah. It's not, I don't, like, not my favorite in the sense <laughs> that, like, I, I, like, believe in that theory. But I think it's just, uh, I think that if you don't, like, listen to what Jesus says at all, and you just go with, like, what the ideas are, um, it's a really easy theory to latch on to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think it's a good theory to get people start to like, that's where you, for me, start with that theory and then start looking at other theories on hell. Right. Because it's, it's one of the first ones that makes, gets you start, starts to get you thinking, um, about hell. It really starts to engage you on the topic of hell. Um, because you're thinking like, wait, that's, that's very contrary to my, my understanding through culture, right? Um, even uh, people that say they have like hardly any affiliation with Christianity believe that there is some place that we could go after life that is a punishment for doing bad things. Um, even in places that hadn't heard of Jesus until um, more of the modern eras um, believe that there is some kind of bad place that they would be tortured. Um, so this is such a, a, such a contrary notion that it, it begs it begs us to kind of like try to answer it. Right. So if you are a person like me and you have a a mind that likes to question the question a lot and figure out things, that's a great place to start your journey on like, does hell exist? Cause you need to, you need to answer that question before you figure out what hell is. Mm -hmm. Um, and some people, the way that I logically reasoned it. So I went from, well, there's a, this, this departed realm that's, you know, next to ours when we die 
to then we get we get separated after going into on um, this afterlife we get then separated into heaven or hell was like how i was taught so then i went into college and i started asking these questions you know where is hell what is hell and someone was like what if hell is just since it's like the separation from god what if since god is in like everything it's nothing and i'm like wait a minute this man just changed my life <laughs> could that be real could that be right and then i looked into it and no unfortunately um well while i would love for that to be real and while i would love for that to be the truth of it all um, because I think our mind wants us to kind of pull away from those hard thoughts of the fact that, you know, there are repercussions for what we do here on earth. There are repercussions for the way we choose to live our lives and the way we choose to, um, believe, um, and the way we choose to interact with other people. Um, while I would love to be able to say, you know, yeah, I can just separate myself and I, w I, you know, there is no hell. I'll just be gone forever um is a good idea i do believe there's some validity in the fact since it is a separation from god um there is some you know what does that eternal torture eternal torment eternal separation from god what does that look like and non-existence we don't know if that's painful or not you know it's there's a 50 50 shot for that guys um i always think of the socrates uh pointing up to the sky because he's saying like you know well if you kill me there's a 50 50 shot i'm going somewhere else guys <laughs> um one of the biggest plays in uh any book that i've ever read but uh if you haven't read um plato's work um about socrates and like the old greek um philosophers and stuff like that i, I also really recommend that because that's going to give you a lot of context over all of these um on these kinds of conversations these are the same like people that were commenting on the Bible when it was um, starting to come around and stuff like that. So um, really recommend that, that kind of reading. Uh, but when it comes to hell, fortunately, unfortunately for a lot of us minded in the sense of like, I don't want people to have to suffer for like eternity. Um, well, we don't know how it's going to be in hell though. 100%. We know there's going to be, you know, fire and gnashing of teeth, but what is fire? What is gnashing of teeth? I don't know. And I do, so... No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, but I have read quite a few books on the subject lately from some top scholars, so I think it might help with some of it. Uh, before I jump right to that, the thing that started convincing me that hell um, was very different than what I had been taught was the fact that when I was preaching through Matthew, it kept coming up differently than I expected. Like, first off, so like... This is the best way to change your mind on something is not, I mean, out of your own conviction is a good way to like research things. But when the Bible just like forces you because you keep yeah. reading it and you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't match what I was told. Wait, yeah. that didn't match. You. Hang on. What is going on? So like I, I started noticing the way Jesus talks about hell does not match the way that we talk about it. It, it has overlaps, but like he kept talking about it like it was later, <laughs> you know? Which when our idea is just like, you die, you go to heaven or hell, that that's like now, immediate, right? Now, mm. I mean, how many people have you met where you're like, yeah, I know they're in hell right now, that type of thing, right? <laughs> uh, what? You haven't met people? Okay, well. No. Uh, 
Well, in the same way that someone would be like, yeah, they've gone to a better place. There's some out there like, yeah, they've gone to a worse place. So, I only tell people that they've gone to a better place as like a like pat on the shoulder, hug kind of a thing. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't 100% know if they're in a better place. Well, only Jesus can judge, right? Yeah. So, um... That's, that's where I come from with that. So, well, no, so, I've never also, on the other hand, I've never been like, well, that person's in hell, so. <laughs> so that's like one of the things that's bothered me at some funerals is that I feel like I've been to at least one where it's like, you know, this person wasn't following the Lord and right now. And then it becomes like this, I'm going to use your beloved <laughs> to scare you all into Jesus. I'm like... Well, this was a person still, you know, like, let's be respectful and, yeah. and let's, uh, find a way to do this correctly. <laughs> I don't know. It just, it becomes Well, like death isn't the end for Jesus, me. right? Yeah. I think that's where you're going, right? Like death mm-hmm. is, death isn't necessarily the end of like the story with Jesus, right? What happens after we die? And, uh, well, Jesus was like, I brought people back from the dead. I've come back from the dead. We don't know if there's a moment where you can like, yeah, give that away, you know, and say like, oh, you know, maybe I was wrong. Here's my regrets. Like, I want to like voice these things. We don't know if God, you know, yeah, shows up in those moments. I mean, we're always getting into philosophy once we're wondering, can you be redeemed beyond yeah this life? Uh, which to which I think the Bible says nothing. Exactly. As I've looked so. I, I would err on the side of caution. And well, say no, I'm no. saying, I'm not saying, I don't say. But the Bible also shows Jesus doing everything he can to get as many people to come to him as he can. So, you know, philosophy, again, I I don't know. It's an unknown thing, so you should definitely not say, well, I'll just save it till after and hope that it all works out, because then it probably won't work out. It's probably better to say, we only know that. This is our only chance. Yeah. We only know that. So this should be your only chance. Plus, you know, Sheol again, or Hades, would be the realm of the dead, which is where Satan and demons and the dead live all together. So, mm-hmm. like, you don't want to go there and hope for the best once you're there. So, anyways, uh, again, when I was preaching through Matthew, I realized, A, Jesus was saying hell is later. It's not now. So I was like, okay, so... When I compare that with Revelation, the end of Revelation shows God basically picking up Hades like it's a a, a trash bag and just, you know, like emptying it out across the floor and then judging everything that's there. Then he takes everything that died, I think, in the water, which as though that's like a different afterlife. <laughs> I don't This is the way that Revelation pictures it, that the, the seas and Hades emptied themselves out. So maybe... Maybe Hades was thought of like if you die on land or something that has one <laughs> one land of the dead or something. Anyways, it empties itself out and then um, everything is judged. So uh, I realized, oh, so like after that moment is where hell yeah, actually yeah, yeah. comes into existence. So hell isn't there right now. That's like mm-hmm. whatever that weeping and gnashing and torment and fire is, that would be after that moment. The other thing that started occurring to me as I was reading through Jesus is he kept talking with imagery or visuals or parables that talked about the complete destruction of something. 
Yeah. So, like, people would be weeds. Yep. The weeds would be tossed into a fire. <laughs> what happens to weeds when you throw them in a fire? They burn they're up gone. until they're gone, right? And so I had heard of the annihilationist view in college, but I, I was just like, no, nah, I'll just stick with traditional. That's what everybody teaches. I, I don't want to soften hell. And, and then I'm like, wait, it's not softening hell to be annihilationist. This matches Jesus' description. Yeah. Of course, there's a bunch of other ones that it doesn't seem to match, right? Like an eternal fire or... Well, the, the fire can still be eternal. Yes. Right? Yeah, and I think the point of all of that, and the classic reading on this is Edward Fudge is his name. Yum. Who I think worked in a church but is actually like a lawyer, and this was like... A few decades ago, he released. What's the perfect person to talk about hell? I know, like legit. (laughs) (laughs) He wrote this book though, like just taking all this research together, like kind of pastoring a church but working as a lawyer. He's like, look at all these verses. Like he's, you could see his lawyer inside of him, like trying to like make a case, basically, like for the annihilationist view, and he made it really, really well. Like that book still stands up even today, and it was the first book. That started making our current scholars be like, who the heck is this lawyer guy just came out of nowhere (laughs) and is flipping all of our passages on us with like the Greek and Hebrew and and he's just like changing everything. And the way that he's like showing all the perspectives, like, are we paying attention to what's being said? Like eternal fire, uh, the worm will not decay. Like, these are all, like, prophetic images of complete destruction. Yeah. Like, it's not as though, like, you'll be alive and worms are just crawling through you for the rest of existence. Yeah, no. The idea was the worm cannot be stopped. It will eat up everything. Yep. The idea is the fire cannot be stopped. It will eat up everything. So you can't, like, bring a bucket of water to hell and, like, <laughs> you know, like, put it out. Like, unquenchable fire yeah. is the way it's described, as though, like... Uh, forest fires in California, right? Unquenchable fire. We can't put this out. We've tried what we can. Yep. Unless maybe we finally have. I don't know. But <laughs> so if we have, then this kind of hellfire would be like beyond that. Yeah. But that's that's the way things get described. In fact, the most one of the most popular uh, Old Testament passages that gets referenced as being like like hell is Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, they'll have, hell will be like the eternal fire of Sodom and Gomorrah. Have you been to Sodom and Gomorrah? Is there a place on the earth that's just still on fire today? You know? No, because it was eternal in the sense that it did everything that it needed to do. It ended that city. And so the analogy of of hell is the eternality of this. Yeah. So uh, he he proposes that even the word eternal, like that's that's supposed to um, reference a uh, not an amount of time, but a kind of time. Yeah. So like the not the quantity, but the quality. It's eternal. It does its job. It wipes out. Now, like you said earlier, we don't know what. yeah, that could be painful. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, very. Like, I mean, fire fire kind of hurts a little bit, right? Yeah, and we don't know <laughs> that hell itself is like literal fire, but I the mean, idea is essentially... Yeah, when you hear someone describe it as a lake of fire, yeah. you kind of go, maybe it's fire. Yeah. 
And looks like fire, smells like fire, tastes like fire. It's probably a worm. We're <laughs> we're in the philosophy again, though. You know how long yeah. did it take a soul to burn, if you will, or to be destroyed? Like those About are questions. Thirty seconds, give or maybe. take. Or maybe it's different depending <laughs> on the amount of <laughs> the amount of like heresy you've spoken in your life. Perhaps I don't know. You know, like what was Satan? How long would it take him? You know, there's. There's questions, things well, like according that. According to Dante's Inferno, he's just, like, chained up in the bottom of hell. Well, top of hell? <laughs> because you enter through Earth, which then goes down. But then when you come out, you come up into Purgatorio. <laughs> well, Dante's Inferno... No, not Purgatorio. Sorry, Paradiso. It's even good to bring that up. Because yeah. it's basically that book's fault for our all yeah. of our modern Why we're wrong, why we don't understand what, what it is, is because one guy was like, I'm going to write a fictional book about something that's real. And ever since then, everyone's like, yeah, that's what hell is. It's Paradise like, no, Lost. No, guys, this was fiction. <laughs> Paradise Lost. Hey, you remember that battle, that big battle before uh, before humans came to exist? <laughs> and no, that's even teaching. because it doesn't exist. That's even teaching in the church as well. So. Yeah, yeah that, that doesn't exist, guys. Don't, no. And there at least is a battle, you know, as to when it well, happened. Yeah. But it's not like Michael came down and smote somebody with some flaming sword and it like... <laughs> that's it. That's a book. Read Paradise <laughs> Lost for the anime levels of cool that comes out of it. Not for the levels of honesty and truth that comes from it, okay guys? Well, Paradise Lost has messed up a lot of our thinking a about lot. the afterlife. Um but yeah, I mean, from the biblical perspective, in my opinion, and I think Edward Fudge makes a solid case on every passage. Like he, he scrutinizes everything. And in the end, you're like, you know what? He's got a good point. Like It, it does seem like the Bible is more consistently talking about um, hell as the removal of the thing that's put in it completely. Yeah. Not like torture. I mean, weeping and gnashing of teeth... Uh, I think his name's Kim Papanu or something like that. He writes about this, like anytime weeping and gnashing of teeth comes up in the Bible, that is the, the anger and sadness of being outside of, of like seeing heaven right there and not being able to be let in. Yeah. So like, that's not even like a, you know, like I'm going to grind my teeth down until they're stubs. <laughs> that's meant to like indicate, a, I'm angry that that I've been put in hell, and B, I'm sad, you know? And so, like, that's that's what that... Eternal darkness is another way that the Bible talks about it, as though, like, there's heaven and you're on the outside of it. Yeah. So, so, yeah, the Bible certainly shows it being real, but it doesn't show it matching traditionally, in my opinion, yeah, what's like taught. Yeah, the, like the little, like, you know dark cave with fire all around yeah. and and satan's there like singing rock songs and playing <laughs> the drums yeah and homer simpson's eating too many donuts oh yeah well i, I kind of want to jump back for a second because when we were talking about uh like me talking about like well death isn't the end for everything right the reason why i was saying that and it wasn't because i'm like well hey guys take the chance you know 50 50 you're gonna you can just like chance it out uh, and maybe Jesus will just forgive you anyway. That's not what I was saying at all. What I was saying is like, for those people that it is, there's a gray area that like, we don't know as humans, like if they're good or not. Um, maybe there is a chance for some people to be redeemed. There are definitely people who should not be, um, 
redeemed if they weren't, like, you know, coming back and wanting to be redeemed. Like, you know, Adolf Hitler, if he wasn't, like, oh, you know, I, I like, a full, like, from the heart redeemed, like, Jesus, I, man, I really messed up, and by, like, I really messed up, you know, there's no way you... I allowed Satan to control all of Germany. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then, like, sure, but, like... I don't think that's what happened in those final moments for Hitler. Um, so, like, that would be a person that, like, I don't think that that kind of, like, offering would be given to. But it does seem like with Sheol, um, since Jesus did get that key um, from death and everything, key of, from death? <laughs> the key, like, he, he stole the keys to hell and, like, or Sheol, Hades, and kind of, like, broke them open kind of a thing, and it's like, ah... Uh, Maybe there's a chance that if if you are in not going to heaven, um, in the, like that those later times that there is a, um, potential for you to redeem yourself a little bit from the bad things that you've done. Even if you've given yourself to Jesus, maybe it's not you're immediately just saved from all those bad things you've done. Cause Jamin, people have done some bad things and then you know repented. Yeah. Do we just get away with those? Yeah, I don't, you know, again, we're back into philosophy. Well, no, again. that's, that's, I'm, I'm talking from the fun points, no, no, Jamin. No, no, we got to philosophize on this well, stuff. Well, I was going to say from Revelation standpoint, everything is emptied out and judged by its works. Yes. And sin is what gets you cast into hell, right? Yep. And so, since you're a human, your works don't equate to, to getting out. But then another book's opened up, which is the book of life. And if Jesus is basically if you've given your life to Jesus, your name's just in there and your sins are ignored, you know? So like from a revelation standpoint, there's not a lot of in between, but at the same time, I've always stood with, there's a quote I love from Brennan Manning that I think will always be my ultimate, like judgment moment is where, and I think he was quoting someone else, but he says, um, supposedly i think he was quoting john newton who wrote amazing grace could be wrong uh but he says something i'll paraphrase something like uh three surprises i expect to find in heaven one to find some i didn't expect to be there b to miss some that i thought would be there and c the most amazing of all to find myself there so like that that will always be like my humble quote on jesus's judgment is yeah. like i got no control Jesus is the one who saves, so ultimately it's in his decision as to what he's going to do. And if he decided to save someone that didn't seem to match my theology, I just know God's love and grace, you know? See, and that's, that's the difference between you and me. I'm like, I agree 100% with you, but I'm also the person who's not necessarily looking for an answer when I ask a question, mm. which is probably infuriating to most of you. Um, I'm so sorry. But that's just how I live my life, is I constantly ask these ridiculously stupid questions. Like, you know, what's a, what, what, like, what was a sin? Like, when in Jesus' life, throughout, like, everything, he didn't sin. So, like, that means as a baby, like, can babies sin when they, like, cry and stuff like that? Because they talk about that a little bit, you know? That should be scary. Think about it, you babies that are sinning. <laughs> you stop it. Heiser actually has input on yeah. that yeah I've seen, I've <laughs> based seen on some, some revelation passages um but but yeah i mean you know it just ultimately god's the judge and god is love and grace say, so <laughs> dante's inferno also has something to say about children holy crap 
Now I don't think I want. I mean, I think I was forced to read that in college or something. Holy but it's been a while. moly! I'll tell you after the podcast. Oh, okay. It's not podcast level, guys. <laughs> uh, so one of the other things I meant to point out, um, you know, we we talk about uh, some people would push back like, no, the soul's eternal. So when you die, like you're gonna go on forever. So two things. First off. Psalm 82 talks about God telling the false gods, you guys are immortal beings, and yet I've decided that you will die like men. So mm. first off, they're obviously going to be tossed into this annihilation fire. <laughs> and clearly that fire can kill immortal things, because yeah. that, that's where Psalm 82 would take it. Secondly, the idea that the human soul is eternal came about after the Bible, I think it was... It was Greeks. Yeah. So well, like, it was Greek, which is, you know, where the Bible came from, but, like, it, I can it explain was popular... This. <laughs> okay. You yeah. explain it, but I think it was popularized in Christianity by... It, yeah. Uh, someone. I don't it's, uh... Oh, what's the name? Someone with an I? No. Um, um, is it Plato? Plato was one of the first people, I yeah, to start he, talking about it. Yeah. Um, Augustine? Did it's, Augustine... It's the duality of the soul. Okay. Um, so, when you're a human, uh, there's two parts of your body. There's the physical and the the spiritual. The soul. Um, and Christianity also thought this. There's this two parts of, of existence. Or it was is, taught it, at least, yes. later. Yeah. Um, well, like, we, we thought that there was a, a physical and a, a spiritual, and the physical interacted constantly with the spiritual. Um, and it was very, like, mixed for, like, a, uh, well, for a Jewish-like thing, it was a very mixed thing. Like, the physical and the spiritual were constantly there. Um, and they would interact and weave in, in and out to where the Greek philosophers actually had this duality of the soul where it was, uh, your soul is completely separate from your physical body. And many, many, um, cultures have had this kind of a thought process. Um, but like, in, including like, uh, Confucianism and stuff like that and Buddhism, um, to where you should, you know, strive for this separating yourself from the physical and giving yourself over to the spiritual is like a very, you hear that a lot, right? And even Christians often talk about giving that the, the physical, leave, leave the things of the flesh for things of heaven. Um, but there's a difference. There's a lot of Gnosticism in Ex modern Gnosticism. That's the word I was thinking of. Yeah. So Gnostic, this is, this is a Gnostic view um that there is a um that you're very separate from your physical body but the bible definitely doesn't make it sound that way um our physical bodies are important um how important some people will go to different lengths um that's where we start getting the questions of tattoos and how you feed yourself and uh, uh you know it's important to take care of your physical body for a lot of reasons uh but I, I don't think that God's necessarily saying, you know, hey, if you're not skinny, then you're a bad Christian. You know, I, I just th there's so many, so many important things in the Bible. And yeah, your body is one of them, but not to the level some people take it to. But we're talking about the soul and the soul when the Greeks and Plato and everybody was saying, well, you know, they actually went the opposite way of Buddhists. Um, they didn't say like, oh, well, there's the soul and then us. They said and like we should strive for the soul they said strive for the for the flesh man go go for the gold uh why why would i go for this thing like intelligence and philosophy and of course the philosophers were like 
I, I'm going to go for the soul stuff, which is like thoughts. And uh, they would view, well, they view your, your thoughts here back then. Because um, your heart and your center was like where your soul was. Um, so it's, it's a very weird, very different idea from what Christians believed. Um, because Christians believe that there is a soul and like, what is the eternalness of the soul? Um, in Greek philosophy, your soul is what went on to the next life in Christian, um, theology. It's more that your body and soul will like your soul will leave and they are separate, right? They, they can, they aren't always together, but eventually your body body will still also be used and will be a part of it so it's not necessarily totally separate like it is in other works yeah i actually think in the old testament and i don't have the research right in front of me but the body and soul were so connected that like yeah no part of the reason you're burying the body is because it needs to carry on into the underworld so it's like we don't think in those ways at all anymore you know (laughs) but that was i think that was more how they thought about it back then um, and yeah, Gnosticism is still very much taken over a lot of church thinking. Yeah. That idea that the soul is totally separate from the body or even just like our idea of heaven is so Gnostic because it's the idea of like the point of life is just to leave this place to burn and just be spiritual. You know? away, oh glory, yeah. Which that's Gnosticism. Whereas away. the redemption of resurrection is coming yeah back to the back earth to the and earth seeing the fullness with your body with, with yeah the fullness of your what body has to offer. your body body it's, it's you're, you're here with yourself has your soul ever been separated from your body if so leave your a comment because that's cool and i want to know body. <laughs> who is that i don't know that's death cab death oh cab death cab for cutie um so well actually uh annihilationism has kind of been like a lot of people promoting it today have kind of steered away from that because like with all words they over time get bogged down with thinking that isn't what everyone means when they use annihilationism. annihilation so like it'd be like similar with like black lives matters today right that's oh, yeah, a term yeah, yeah. that means something different to every person who hears it yeah uh, annihilationism to some means like as though hell doesn't matter or something. <laughs> so so that's that's not the case either. So the phrase that a lot of people have been using it now is conditional immortality, which is um, what we're talking about. Yep. The idea that the human soul is not immortal mm-hmm. um, and that our immortality back in Genesis was based on being in God's presence. Mm-hmm. And when we sinned and we then had to leave God's presence, we now die. We don't have access to the tree of life Mm -hmm. in God's presence that sustained us. And therefore, we don't have complete access to God himself. So because of that, death is brought into the world. We are uh, now dying. We don't have access to immortality. And the only way to get it back is through Jesus. Yep. So when we give our lives to Jesus... Based on that condition, immortality is imparted back to us through the resurrected life that is to come. So I I prefer that lingo too. Annihilationism's all focused on like the way you go out, whereas conditional immortality is focused on the way you go in. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. So, 
So that helps, but yeah, because I mean that 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 idea that the soul can end is hard for some people. Yeah. Um, it's never been that's never been the hard question for me though, because I've always been like, I I felt like death is just so prevalent in the world. Maybe that's just my depression talking. <laughs> she got dark. <laughs> hey guys. Uh, so like, but death has always been so prevalent in in the world in my life, and like how the world has been hard and dangerous and cruel and uh so for me i've always been like yeah soul can die for sure and uh i don't know so that was always kind of to something that like my natural instinct was to always say like yeah the soul doesn't have to always be eternal um especially when i when like you reasonably think about like if your soul was eternal you would have existed before and like before we were created since you were created, your soul was created, therefore not it's not eternal. Yeah, you have a starting point type thing. Yeah. So, like, it's conditionally eternal. If yep. God chooses so, then... So there's an if-then statement. If God chooses, then you are eternal. Yep. Which, it's not really necessarily if God chooses. He's giving you the option to be eternal constantly so like just choose to guys yeah <laughs> please i'm begging you yeah i mean i think if we hadn't chose satan in the beginning we would have been like coaching our way towards the fullness of resurrection yeah and and that's that's the beautiful way that c.s lewis paints it in his book paralandra it's like imagine a planet where the adam and eve didn't mess up and we're instantly taken into glorified bodies yeah. more or less that's c.s lewis is just like let's skip the middle stuff that we're going through you know <laughs> yeah and i think uh what's his name uh guy from the beatles did imagine john ringo, lennon oh, okay. ringo ringo did you not said, write any monumental you said song made imagine after i said ringo but okay so i was saying the only beetle name i remember <laughs> I know the songs. Ringo and the All Stars, but he made Imagine, uh, and he was, and I think that that song, in some parts, captures kind of that same idea. Yeah, <laughs> living for today. Whoa, oh, um, and I think that he kind of captures what we all long for in that, right? That that longing for a perfect world where everyone can, can kind of be living with each other and having, um, this eternal life that we wanted, um, that we're constantly striving back to. And it's a natural thing. And all call, all cultures have this, this, this idea that we came from something. Um, it's not, you know, just a, um, Christian, uh, Judaism, Muslim, um, it's, it's got roots in Asia, it's got roots in Africa, it's got roots in Native America, and, uh, this idea that we had a creation, and there's this, this pull back to this perfect world that could have been, but wasn't, and so when, when I see stuff like C.S. Lewis writing these, these monumental works about what if there was a world that did it right, that's that's pretty like it's it's almost impossible for me to like fully comprehend right yeah like I, I literally I don't know is that is is that feeling of not being able to comprehend it is that because we sinned like you know 
that sin has come into our mind that we can't even accept that that's possible. Yeah. Guys, come on. I borrowed that in uh, my book, Alien Theology, where yeah. there's a story at the beginning and you meet these little people who like, don't understand any bad things. <laughs> You're like, what? What are you talking about, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's the beauty, and and the beauty at least of the human story is though we missed it, God is so redemptive and gracious that He'll bring us back to it. Yeah, which is ultimately what the story of heaven and hell is about. And you know, people are always going to struggle with the idea of hell. I I would hope that understanding, in my opinion, the more biblical perspective of it brings it to a more understanding light yeah. because it doesn't show a God who enjoys torturing. It shows a God who needs justice, um, but doesn't need to like, you know, <laughs> have the most like vicious, violent, you will burn alive as worms course through your veins for trillions upon trillions upon trillions of years. You know, like that, that's a, that's a different perspective. That's the one I was taught. That's the one I was taught, and that's the one that, for me, does not match what I've read in the Bible now. <laughs> I cut you off. Were you going to say something? Uh, I don't remember if I was. <laughs> My cat is back to distract us again. All right. So, yeah, no, I, I just think um, when it comes to hell, it's always that, that hard topic because... We're afraid to scare people off from Christianity, I feel, a lot of the time. Um, we're afraid that, you know, someone that's just popping on to a Facebook watch is going to pop in when we're sure, talking about when something. we say something, yeah, one sentence of what we meant to say and then yeah. pop off. So, I, I just hope that we can, you know, speak in, into this. I hope this kind of, like provide some some starting ground and some light and some resources uh for people to to like learn more about hell right because um it's 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 a place that exists it's a thing that's or is going to exist it's uh it's a thing that um we have to be conscious about as christians in order to explain why we believe what we believe um, because a lot of the time we don't teach this and then people, um, go into conversations and are like, I, I don't know the answer to that question, you know? And I think hell's one of those, one of those that people are like, well, how could you believe in hell? If God is all loving, then how could he kill people? Well, in the annihilationist viewpoint, he's, he definitely gave you a choice. Like, Hey, either be perfect like uh like you know i allow you to you you have the ability to not sin you can do it hmm. or or just just accept the loving grace that i have done for you by dying for you just, well, that's just accept it right the fact that we all deserve hell yeah. and yet god's like no i'll let it go you know that's just, that's the good news yeah. jesus came to share just just <laughs> accept it He's not, it's, yeah. it's not like, it's not like God's sitting there going like, well, if you didn't say the words right, then you don't accept it, buddy. No, no he's like, hey, just, just accept this love, accept this grace. I think likewise, one of the things that 2020 has forced us to recognize is people are all about God's love, uh, 
but not about his justice, you know? Yeah. As though, like, God can either be loving or he can be just. When the fact is that justice is a part of what it means to love. Mm -hmm. And so, if we have this ridiculous amount of sin on our hands, just from every day, the stuff that we do, even when we don't notice it, you know, like, and some people doing ridiculous amounts more uh, that if they were found out, even humans would throw you into jail, you know, like with a life sentence or something. Like if God has no concern for justice, is he really loving? So that, yeah, that's part of the question that the prophets of the Old Testament had a very loud no. <laughs> yeah. If God loves us, then God is just. Um, but I think what's been difficult for a lot of people with hell is the hell that we've taught doesn't sound like justice. That sounds yeah, like, exactly. It's, that it's... sounds like a horror movie. Mm -hmm. And we're like, well, that doesn't sound like love. It's like, cause it's not, it's, God does not like take joy in like, yeah, just watch you be like, God is like in the saw movies about how he takes out human beings. You know, that's, that's not the case. He longs for us to be saved. He longs for us to come to him. And ultimately, there is a doing away with, and I should say this from my good free Methodist standpoint, as free Methodists, we believe that hell is eternal. I agree. I just think part of the eternality of it is the removal of yeah. your existence. That's still an eternal that's, consequence. You know? That's forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, um, it's a little different from like the traditional eternal torment. Yeah, I mean, so. especially when you compare non-existence with uh, forever life of perfection. Yep. One of those sounds good. Yep. One of those sounds not so good. And both are free, whatever we want to choose. <laughs> <laughs> both are free, guys. Well, one requires your life, I guess I should say. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> but you it can, is a free offer. Yeah, it, yeah I mean, you you could, you could potentially, um, if you started, you know, when you were born, up until the time that you die. If you never sin, you're good. So keep that in mind, everybody. There's a heavy amount of sarcasm in that statement if you can't hear it. If you, so. if you can't hear it, <laughs> I, I pray for your ears to be opened and your heart to be uh, a good opened. Jesus reference right there. Yep. Thank you. Um, okay. Well, this has been our episode. What the H-E double hockey sticks <laughs> is what we decided to call it. <laughs> Because we name all of our episodes something weird on the 1208-Bit Nerd Church Podcast. Uh, if you can help us out to get word around, you know, leave a like, comment, star. Like, comment, subscribe, follow, <laughs> retweet. <laughs> Ratings are especially helpful with podcasts. Yeah, podcasts are huge. It Please causes rate. people, it causes organizations to promote it more, so... Uh, but if you like what we're doing, help us out in that way so we can keep doing it. Likewise, um, we will have much. We have a huge list of things to talk about. I mean, we have so much. I really want to eventually talk about one day a guy crawling down a pillar of fire and just killing a bunch of people in the Old Testament. So, I mean, <laughs> that might be an example. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's likened to an example of what hell is like in the Bible. Because, yeah. again, it's... Yeah. It's... It's the judgment of God completely consuming a thing. Yep. Though with Elijah, was it God? Because God actually told him to stop. Yep. Yep. 
<laughs> no, I. With Elijah, God's like, hey. Jamin, don't talk about stop it. Stop it. You what can't are talk you about doing? it. No, we gotta wait. Stop burning everyone. That's why I made it very vague and made a very overdramatic <laughs> statement about a guy burning people. Well, it was connected to hell, so I had to go. Okay. I know. I wanted to talk about it this episode, but we talked for so long about other things. Well. Elijah burned a bunch of people, and it's kind of like hell. <laughs> go look it up. <laughs> I wrote about this in the Rush and the Rest. Uh, if you want audiobook codes or PDFs, I give those away for free. Just talk to me. Message us on Facebook. Uh, hit us up. Comment. Post on our page. Get people to yell at us on social media. We're used to it. Um, yeah. I, I, we want to communicate with you guys and uh, and start a community online. So yep. help us in doing that. Uh, start asking more questions at us. Make us feel awkward. It helps. Uh, and speaking of joining us, Monday nights is Nerd Church. It happens both online and in person. Oh, yeah. So even if you are not living in Jackson, you can still join us. We've been playing a lot of Among Us, Rocket League, Minecraft. Uh, we'll see what we're getting into this week. But 5.30 to 9, open time to join us the whole time. And then we do B-dubs after a lot of times. So, All right. With that. This is another episode of the 1208-Bit Nerd Church Podcast, part of the Jackson Cloud. If you're looking for an online church at this time, jxncloud.com. And here's Tyler's catchphrase of the day. Take them pumpkins straight to hell, kitty cats. Yeah.